Hello, beautiful light-filled souls. I'm so happy to connect with you here on this podcast. Trisha Barker here. I've been busy working behind the scenes, beginning to put together the third annual online near-death experience summit. This year's focus will be energy transformations and angel communication and unconditional love. It is so often that unconditional love of the other side that changes and transforms all of our lives. One of the messages from my near-death experience that has been coming to me recently is remind them to go to nature. And I hope that all of you have been spending quality time in nature as the weather permits and really enjoying that beauty, that simplicity, that healing, that resurgence of childhood that can often happen while in nature. I am an academic, as many of you know, and sometimes it is easy for me to feel a little supercilious when I hear ideas that are silly or uh, even get a tad bit snobby and want to throw down with people in arguments, but I have learned that there's eloquence and grace to saying things simply. And as far as all the theories that are out there about COVID and coronavirus, I came across this post and I'm going to read it to you because I think there is great peace and healing in the message. And the message is basically nature is the answer, but I'll just read it to you. This is by, uh, on Instagram, um, Julianne Parkinson. If you believe this virus is spread human to human, the antidote is building the immune system with eating plants and natural medicines and sitting in nature alone or with your immediate family, soaking up vitamin D and sunshine. If you believe that this virus is symptoms of 5G exposure, then the antidote is sitting in nature and connecting with Mother Earth, building your immunity with eating plants and natural medicines and submerging yourself in water and dirt. If you believe that this is all a hoax and you just need to sit back while Q saves us all, then the answer is sitting in nature. Build a garden for the new earth, commune with God, eat plants and natural medicines that strengthen your connection and open your channel to the new earth frequency. Ascend with her. If you believe the economy is a collapsing and authoritative dictatorship is imminent, the most radical thing you can do in protest is build a garden, releasing dependency on the system. If you believe that Mother Earth is mad at us and purging the human race, then the answer is to go outside and listen, build a garden, align with her, be at peace with her. The nature, the answer is always nature, always. We do not have to argue about why the antidote is obvious, align with the mother, with our source of nurturance, remembering everything we use and need comes from her, Give thanks, be humble, slow down, observe, listen. It was uh, actually written by Katie Lamonte and posted by Julianne Parkinson. So this to me just gave me so much peace because I have a tendency to want to argue about things and go, you know, oh my God, that theory is not 
um, based on anything but fear and poor writing and, you know, just like tear something apart from that perspective. But what this answer is to all of this is it doesn't matter what we think. What matters is how we react, you know, how we align ourselves with nature, how we all find greater peace and simplicity in these times, get back to our roots as human beings and stop arguing because technology can be used for much good. It can be used for enlightenment. It can spread peace. The energy can help us ascend. In fact, as I'm talking with you right now, I feel better because I am connected to you through love. I reach out to God and I say, please work through my words to reach other people. And angels give me the right messages to connect with others, even if it is not necessarily my words, but simply the energy that raises my frequency and raises your frequency and connects us all in unconditional love. We all long for more love, but the answer is to give love. So as I sat here, you know, a few hours earlier feeling somewhat sorry for myself, then the minute I get on this podcast and start talking, I don't feel sorry for myself. I feel connected to God, connected to you, connected to all of humanity and certain of my purpose. My purpose has been and always will be to call on that love of God and to send it to places where there is any suffering, even the slightest bit of suffering. So even if you're doing quite well, you can always do a little better. (laughs) You can always be taken up a notch from just joy to absolute bliss and ecstasy and total communion with God. (laughs) You can move from feeling really, really awesome to just so blissed out that you can hardly tell the difference between God and every moment of your life. So, you know, we there's always room for improvement is what I'm saying, that we can vibrate higher and higher and in greater and greater peace. But in general, we circulate through, you know, moments of suffering or sadness or wondering about our condition, wondering what will become of our lives and, and ourselves. So, you know, one thing that has fascinated me since the uh, news media has started focusing on coronavirus and then we've had um, shelter in place orders and, and really just a different world is I went to see Lori Garrett speak in about 2007 and she is someone who won the Pulitzer Prize, the Polk and the Peabody and she has studied public health and pandemics for her whole career. She's a Harvard-trained scientist and a science writer, and she puts things in such simple terms that really just stick with people if you go to hear her speak. She doesn't have a lot of YouTube videos or information out there, but her public speeches are just powerful. And when I went to hear her speak, I remember thinking, oh, okay, maybe her book came out in 2005 or so, and we have 50 years before we have to worry about this. Maybe it won't happen in my lifetime. Well, I went back and looked at the date that she wrote uh, her book, The Coming Plague, and she wrote this in 1982. And I have to say, I went, oh, crap, (laughs) I should have checked the date. (laughs) Then I would have realized how imminent or how possible a pandemic might be. 
but I have followed, for whatever reason, people who study infectious diseases for many, many years. They, they, their work, it fascinates me because I like sociology and I like to see how society will respond to these things. And what I didn't predict, and it was hard for anyone to predict, was that certain theories would get such a stronghold in the minds of people. And that's what I loved about the post that I read to you earlier is like, it does not matter. Just go to nature. So whatever it is that you think, whatever it is that you want to argue about, and even me, if I want to come from this place of, I've studied experts in pandemics and infectious diseases for decades, you know, and I want to come from this place, I have to calm down and go, it doesn't matter. Just go build a garden. Just go walk in nature. Just take care of yourself. Just take care of others. Just educate others on how to do simple, wonderful, peaceful things for themselves. Just send energy to all the kids who are suffering because, you know, social media can be such a joke on one hand where you you know that people are posting memes about, oh, I'm so grateful for this time with my family and this time, blah, blah, blah. And you know that through every county in this country and probably around the world, children are out of school and there are higher rates of child abuse. There is much more suffering in this world that in general, people did better with distractions, with being busy and distracted. And that when they are asked to sit with themselves, that, you know, it's difficult to be kind to their family members. There's a lot of addiction and a lot of aggression and a lot of sadness and anger in people. And, you know, my hope is always that healing is possible, but I'm a realist. And so I do just spend time sending love to people. And I, my own childhood prepared me in a way for this time, because I I look around at, at people that I know and And, you know, it it seems like such a simple thing to me to really set back and and not buy anything for a little while to save some money. Because if you know my story, if you read Angels in the OR, then you probably understand that I grew up very poor in the country and, and I know how to stay home and be hungry and want a lot of things, but not really receive anything, <laughs> little to nothing, um, both on an emotional level and a physical level, and yet still feel a connection to happiness and joy through nature. And growing up in the country, I was so grateful for the sunsets and the beautiful trees and the birds singing and taking out books out of the library and reading a beautiful passage and being totally enthralled in a book and totally excited to hear my friend's voice on the phone. So I'm connecting with childhood in a way in these times because I'm remembering how to be happy with very little. And I see people struggling with that, you know, running to the store two or three times a day and, you know, the bank and the store and the gun store and the this and the that and, you know, all these different places instead of just going, you know, I'm going to make a list, I'm going to get what I need, and then I'm going to stay home for six days and cook and meditate and be at peace. And I think a lot of people are having trouble with this because we are such a 
instant gratification type of culture and a culture that is in a, in the U.S. just sensitized and oversensitized to, I've got to have this latest thing, I've got to do this next thing, I've got to be, and I've got to, you know, constantly be in motion. And you don't. <laughs> I mean, you literally don't. You know, you can take a break for two months and just be without trying to figure it out. And the healing that might occur from simply napping more, eating more fresh fruits and vegetables, being peaceful and kind to those around you, that can be exponential in its healing. And and really, that message from the other side that many near-death experiencers bring, it's almost as if, like, I have this spirit guide that I know, and she's not necessarily angelic, but she is just at home in heaven. That's how I'll describe her. And the messages that she gives me are really, well, just keep trying. You know, even if people don't get it, you know, it's still a worthy goal to keep trying to bring heaven to earth, to keep trying to bring this spiritual unity between people here to the planet, if people don't understand it, if they don't want it, if they'd rather fight, if they'd rather argue, you know, you'll they'll at least get a piece of what you're saying here and there. It's almost as if she's a spirit in heaven who just is in the flow of God, of pure love. She's not really my higher self. She's this guide that I've connected with recently in meditations, and she just enjoys being in God's love. And, you know, the ideas that she gives me may not be practical and may not connect with everyone, but it is still a worthy goal. And I think that's what we should all look at when we look at translating spirit and translating heaven and translating inspiration from these higher realms into the earth plane. You know, people try to do it with modalities, with, you know, various healing modalities, with crystals, with, you know, sound healing, with readings and, you know, all these different ways and everything is worthy. But many people try to do it through speaking, through connecting with others, through guidance, through all types of modalities through music. And all of these are wonderful. It's the attempt to bring that here. And maybe it doesn't flow and jive and work in every situation. And maybe it's vastly misunderstood in some situations, but it is still a worthy goal. So my message to you and from this guide of mine is to keep plucking at those beautiful visions from heaven and bring them into your heart and then bring them into this world to the best of your ability and and don't give up because all of the great inventions and all of the amazing ways that humanity has been pushed forward have been because people took a chance they pioneered different ways of being they pioneered something they had a vision, they worked hard to bring it into reality, and then they made it a reality. And if the world scoffed at it, if the world laughed at it, well, you know, the world crucified Jesus, the, the world shot Martin Luther King, the world, you know, has always done this to people who talk about great love, who talk about, 
unity, who talk about peace, you know, that it's a much easier message to say, oh, let's let's hate this group, or let's hate this country, or let's get angry at people who do this. It's a much harder message to say, no, let's love everyone. (laughs) Yeah, everyone, you know, people in prisons, people who have done horrible things, people who you violently disagree with. Yeah, let's love everyone. People who have theories that you think are the most poorly written, you know, fear-based, ridiculous theories you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I got to love those people too. I have to love everyone because at a soul level, that's all that matters. That's all that heaven is trying to bring here. That's all that God is trying to bring here. That's all that that realm is trying to bring here is we're going to heal through loving one another, through being one with one another. Near-death experiences don't show you, oh, I'm right and everyone around me was wrong. No, near-death experiences show you that a heart and soul connection with all people on the planet is possible, that we can love one another at that level and wish the best for one another completely forever, (laughs) you know, through eternity, beyond this time and beyond, that we can let go of all of all past life problems we've had with other people that we can drop those cords. I'm not saying that, you know, you have to spend time with people who have greatly wronged you, but I'm saying you can drop all contracts. You can say null, done, void, done, over, uh, go and be your best self. And that's what I wish for every human being on this planet. And that's how you love. That's how you do it. And when you get into that feeling of it, it's amazing. So the other day I was talking about, you know, how I've grown and changed since writing Angels in the OR. And one of the things that people criticize me about is there's a scene in the book where I become very angry with a teacher who is victim shaming a young girl who was raped and the girl was 14 and she was making fun of the way the girl dressed and basically saying she deserved it. And this was you know, the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. And so I came down pretty hard on this teacher and asked her to imagine what it would be like if her son went to a party with baggy pants and was raped. Would she say he deserved it for wearing those baggy pants? And then I called her name and, you know, like who I would be now would be so different from that. I would still rise to the occasion and I would still have a response. And what I might say is excuse me, but this young girl does not deserve that treatment. She deserves our support just as every student, you know, 13, 14 years old, deserve our support as adults. They need us to help them heal. They need us to help them grow. They do not need our judgment. What they need is our guidance. And in order to give guidance, you must step out of that way of thinking and you must understand that she does not deserve that and that the real blame should be placed on people who commit crimes, people who rape, not people who dress a certain way. Now, should she think about how she wants to carry herself in this world for greater safety? Perhaps, but we should frame it like that. You know, we should frame it uh, based around 
Should she take self-defense courses? Should she learn different boundaries? Should she stay away from drugs and alcohol for her own safety? We can teach her how to be safe in this world, but we can also protect her. And so my overall message to students and to everyone who listens to me is to don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on bringing that light of heaven that you see in your visions into the world around you. Don't give up on your inspirations. Stick with them. Don't give up because as you pull from that well of knowledge that you are and that well of beauty that you can be connected to, you can really bring amazing things into this world. And we're all capable of that. And we're all capable of creating greater peace and greater connection around us. So be an explorer in the realm of what is new. And what I mean by that is don't assume that anything from this point forward is set in stone. So if you want to see something different in the world, then go out and work towards creating that. Believe that it can happen. And take advantage of this time if you are in an area that is is quarantined or, or locked down pretty hard. The basic needs of the human spirit really are to get plenty of relaxation, time in nature, and support. And if you don't have support around you, Luckily, there's so much support and motivation that you can look for online. You can listen to uplifting podcasts and exercise and and take 10 minutes a couple of times a day to meditate and drink plenty of water. But when you're faced with a complicated problem, just take the steps to get through it, to take the when you take the steps to begin unraveling it then it begins to make more sense and when you don't take the steps to do that then you just make the problem bigger in your head so you know that's that's another common sense uh, solution but one of the quotes that i want to leave you with is since we're quarantined we're often on our phones or on technology but don't forget if you have people around you that when you check your phone in company, what you gain is stimulation or this neurochemical shot and what you lose is what a friend or parent or lover or person near you just said, meant or felt. And what people say and mean and feel and want to communicate is important. And this is paraphrased from Sherry Turkle's um, book, Reclaiming Conversation, The Power of Talk in a Digital Age. So do pay deep attention to what others want to communicate to you, even if this is in a phone call at this time instead of face-to-face. But if you are overwhelmed by tragedy or personal tragedy, know that unity can be found, that you can find your community, that you can inspire others when you find community and share and bring community to others. So these are just a few messages that I give to students, but I also inspire them to use literature as a way to develop greater empathy. I think near-death experiences help us have greater empathy because we 
feel into the lives of many people when in that oneness experience. But there's a writer named Leslie Jamison, and she wrote a, an essay collection titled The Empathy Exams. And she says that empathy suggests that you enter another person's pain as you would enter another country through immigration and customs, border crossings by way of query, what grows, where you are, what are the laws, what animals graze there. And when you really think about another person's way of being, who they are, what they want to do in this world, and really look at their life from that point of view, I think you develop just much, much greater understanding for how a person grew up. So, you know, in my way of looking at the world, I can key into suffering because I suffered much as a child and I suffered in life a lot. So I know the capacity for people's masks and for what they pretend and what actually goes on behind the scenes. And and I am keyed in and clued into that. Um, but I don't know as much about happiness and joy and peace. And so that can be something that, you know, it's a gift to to know the extremes, but you can start aligning. And I work to align with greater peace and happiness and joy because it is a choice. Uh, I'm glad that I know both. You know, I'm glad that I can help people come out of suffering and into greater light and that I can speak the truth and know the truth and understand what is going on. But that work is challenging work sometimes. And, you know, it's, um, it's easier to do when I stay in close meditation with God and with the angels and, and use this knowing from an energetic level I've spent so many years dealing with it in reality in public school systems that it is um it is easier now just to be someone who is working on that energetic level but then I do have to come out of that energy and and uh talk and so at the end of this I'm going to lead you in a brief meditation but I just wanted to add that so what I'll end with is a poem and talk a little bit about this being April being National Poetry Month, and then I'll end with a meditation. Here's a poem on being connected and then a meditation on feeling connected, even if you're in isolation. Here is the poem, Connected. I know that even when I'm old, near death, possibly living in a house on a hill by myself, my bones aching for release, I will be connected to a sky full of angels and a never-ending love from a compassionate God. I'm only intimidating to those not yet as free, those who have forgotten the wings of their spirits, those who have forgotten that we are here for the music and gone quickly as a passing fantasy. You tell me my life will be disappointing and I will be old, bitter, lonely, and then dead. I would like to introduce you to my father, a man who laughed and joked as death carried him away. I'm that free too, I'm that certain. Whatever this material world is, it is only what we make of it. Pain and hurt is destroyed in the fire that is my soul. And I'll stay around to smile, sing an aria, and exhale a friend to all. 
after the battle scars, the slings and arrows of outrageous characters, I can raise my glass of sparkling water and toast the happiness of everyone, for their happiness is my happiness as well. I'm more joyful than you imagine. Think sunlight, green pastures, hawks, and eagles. Think evergreen trees, waterfalls, steep cliffs, and hidden trails through a forest. Think hiking by a stream and floating timeless in a lake. Think laughter and esoteric study. Think love, sweet, lasting love. Think better, not bitter thoughts for me, for you, for all of us. And so I'd like you to close your eyes and meditate for a bit on this idea of light pouring into your soul, light from the universe, light from your guides, light from your angels, light from your loved ones, and light from that flowing, ever-present love of God. Let it flow from the top of your head and cover every part of you every cell, every bit of your outer body and inner body, every bit of your energetic body. You're just existing in a bubble of loving light. And as you feel safe in this bubble, I want you to slowly, when you feel like you have received enough in all the places inside of you that hurt or feel cracked or feel in need of love, when you feel like all these places are nourished, think about sending that light like a river out to all the places around you. the homes and dwellings immediately around you. Let that light just flow through your heart center, filling it completely with love and peace and care and strength. You have the power to do what you need to do. You have the strength. You are perfect as you are. You are loved. If you have been hurt or made to feel fear, know that it is not of you, not your essential nature. Your essential nature is one of love. And you can connect with love. 
fill it. Let your heart fill with that love of God. And then like a little child, just trust that you are healed, you are safe, you are one with God. And the light that you send out is coming from a place beyond you. You don't have to do anything other than know that you are just shining and others can feel it around you. And the light moves through your neighborhood, out into your city and beyond. And God is thankful and grateful for you. And we are all one here with this intention to let God flow through us. I love you all. Thank you for being with me. You are welcome to stay in this meditation for as long as you like and let that love of God flow through you and out into your immediate vicinity, your home, your neighborhood, your city, your town, the countryside around you, the next town, as far as you want, and maybe even reach out to other towns so that somehow we're all connected in the light. Amen, and may you be blessed.